Good afternoon. It is Jared and the GM, ESPN 102.5, the game streaming on the Game National App. Ryan Porth in for Jared Stillman this afternoon. He will be back tomorrow. I'm here at Brewhouse South in Cool Springs alongside the GM, Floyd Reese. This is the site of Smashville Live tonight coming up in three hours at 7 o'clock. This place will be packed. You want to be here. Kyle Terrace and Dan Hamus will be here as well as the Preds player guests. And Braden Gall and Hal Gill will be hosting. I will also be here. Preds Insiders from 6 to 7. Jeremy K. Gover will be joining me for that hour of Preds Talk as well. Floyd, we just talked with Jason Fitz. Yes, sir. Last segment, our good friend, our, our good buddy old pal, uh, who is now doing great things up in uh, Bristol, Connecticut. He's killing it. He's he? crushing it. I'm so happy for him. Um, he brought up a point last segment that he thinks there are probably six seven maybe even eight teams that he feel he feels that can win the Super Bowl this season what was kind of your reaction to hearing that from him would you agree it's in that that territory do you think it's less than six seven or eight because I, I was kind of thinking it would that he was going to say a number less than that yeah I mean to win you said win sure yeah or I mean, let's say win. let's say contend for a Super Bowl well See that? That's Does that the change it? Good to great thing. Huh. That's that argument. Okay. You know, it's good to it's good to almost make the championship. It's great to make them win the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I think in my mind, yes, there are fewer. I mean, I think in the AFC, you know, you're talking about New England, you're talking about Kansas City, and that may be it for me. You know, I and, would 100 percent agree. And in the NFC, you're talking about. Uh, who are you talking about? You talking New Orleans? About New Orleans? Seattle? Uh, not right now. You're not there yet on them? No. So so I, Fitzy was I, really high on Seattle. Yeah. He was also really high and on I can Houston. See, and I can see why. No, Houston's got no chance. Okay. So I would say that uh, I would say New Orleans. The Rams still? And I'll say the Rams just because I they were there know. last year, but they have not. They don't look the same. No, they haven't looked as good as Seattle to date. Right. In my opinion. And they got beat by Seattle on Thursday Night Football yeah. last week. So, you know, I mean, for me, locks, teams that can win the Super Bowl, I would say would right now for me would be one of those three teams. Patriots, Chiefs, Saints. Yep. That's it. Yep. So you're not there yet on the Packers, who no. are 4-1. and one. No. You're not there on the Eagles or the Cowboys. No. You're not there on the Niners. No. 4-0. No. and oh. No. Okay. And yet, all those teams are going to have chance. You know, yeah. that's that's what's crazy about it, and that's why I think Fitzy hit it right on the head. And we keep saying, you know, you get to a point you can contend for the playoffs. Then once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Anything can happen because it's just a matter of a of a high ankle sprain, you know, to Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes, and there are Pat Mahomes. And guess what? They're done. They're going home. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I mean, it's just that close. Uh, so it's, and that's why you know when you get to the good to great argument, you know how, where where is that? And and I'm not sure. And I can, we say all the time, I can sit on either side of the table and argue either side. It makes no difference to me. Um, but I mean, there are not, there are not a lot of teams in the in the league, in my opinion, that are set up to where they can go ahead and, and win it all. And all of them are for the same reason. Quarterback. <laughs> in L.A., Jared Quarterback. Goff. 
Yeah, cough kind of up and down and up and down. Yeah. And the truth is the, the, that uh, Seattle, their quarterback may be playing better than any of them. He, he might know? be the MVP right now. Oh, he's playing great. I mean, he is playing great. You can't take the away from him. Now, I'm not as sold on the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. But I think from his standpoint, I mean, he's been spectacular. And and Goff, who at this point in time, you know, last year, I want to say the Rams were, were probably undefeated. And uh, and everybody was talking about Goff and everybody was talking about the running back and everybody. And neither one of those have set it on fire so far. Mm-hmm. You know, they've all both been kind of. So, Plus so. that defense is atrocious right now. And they're struggling, and that defense has been outstanding. So, you know, I'm not sure that team is is where I want it to be. So I I went through an exercise earlier today and and during the break before this segment of tiering the teams in both conferences. Okay. Okay? So I'm going to throw these by you and see if anything sticks, okay? All right. Tier one in the AFC, the Patriots and the Chiefs. Okay. Tier two, Houston – L.A., the Chargers, Indy, and Buffalo. Now, what are you on ba- tier two? Are you basing this off of just the record where they are? Now? Record, what we've seen, the potential maybe that they have this season because the Chargers have underwhelmed in the first five weeks, but we know they're they're definitely better than this than what we've seen so far. I mean, they they've had injuries get in the way, and right. Melvin Gordon is just you know, getting back. I would expect the Chargers to be a lot better a month from now than they are right now. Right. Who's Who are they? Uh, see, I can't put Buffalo there. You can't put Buffalo there? No. Even though they're 4-1? Yeah. Okay. Colts, I would go Colts, Texans, Chargers. That's fine with me. Okay. And then... Um, Anyone that I left off Tier 2 that you would put there? Colts. Texans, Chargers. I'm trying to think. Oakland's so three and two, but so, I don't know about that. Yeah, I had I, I had Oakland in tier three. I also had Baltimore in tier three because I am not sold on them. I would agree. I think the first impression this season was so good because of the team they played, and that was Miami. Yeah. So in tier three, I've got the Ravens, I've got the Raiders, I've got the Jags, I've got the Browns, I've got the Titans, and I've got the Broncos in tier three. Say those again. Ravens, yeah. Titans, yeah. Jags, yeah. Raiders, okay. Browns, Broncos. Okay. And then tier four is just a hot pile of mess. <laughs> the Steelers. Nobody cares about deep. The Steelers <laughs> only have a win because they played the Bengals, who don't have a win. The Steelers, the Bengals, the Jets, and the Dolphins as tier four in the AFC. Do you think that's. Somewhat yeah. accurate Reasonable, there. sure. So the only change that you would make there is putting Buffalo in Tier 3. Yeah, I would put Buffalo down with the rest of us. Would you put any of those Tier 3 teams in Tier 2? The Ravens, the Titans, the Jags, the Raiders, the Browns, the Browns? No, probably not. I have a hard time believing yeah. any of those teams are quite to the Colts, Texans, Chargers level. Yeah. And see, to me, now just, just off of this, yeah. the, were the good to great stuff, there's your great, you know, here is your good. I, your, As you point to tier two. Yeah, tier two and tier three. That's right. I guess people can't see this on radio. Can no, they? I'm the only <laughs> other person that can see what you're doing. <laughs> Welcome to radio. Yeah. So, so tier two and tier three 
are the goods, and they want to get up where they're great. I think those teams will all compete for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Tier four, no chance. I don't think so. Okay, right. so let, let's right. go. Let's go NFC. NFC tier one. I've got New Orleans and Seattle, and that's it. Yeah, Seattle. I, I think I'm higher on Seattle than you are, and I know why you are because uh, Russell Wilson. Oh is, yeah, he's, they're playing. He's playing he's fantastic. Great. Tier two. I've got the Rams. Okay. Got the Packers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners, and the Bears. Yeah, see the Niners. I'm not sure about. I'm still not sure, and, and yet I know why you got them there. You know, it's obvious. I'm just not sure I'm sold on them. But, but yeah, that's fine. I think they're in Tier 2 for me because they've beaten everybody on their schedule, which is all you can ask them to do. <laughs> Pretty good logic. Through Week 5, that is like literally that the only thing you can ask them to do. <laughs> tier 3, I've got the Vikings, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Bucks. Now, that's interesting group right there because I'm not sure. Who do you have there again now? The Vikings, the Lions, the Panthers and the Buccaneers. See, I think that both the Vikings and the Lions have a chance of being in the in the next in tier two. Yep. And I'm not sure. I mean, I, the others I'm fine with. And then tier four: Atlanta, the Giants, the Cardinals, and <laughs> the Redskins. Jeez. Floyd, the Titans game. If you weren't hosting NFL pregame on Sunday, yeah. Would you be watching Redskins Dolphins before the Titans play the Broncos? <laughs> you know what's funny is I'm, as you can imagine, I'm one of those guys that will watch every game no matter what. I think I'd skip that one. You would? <laughs> that one is not. I mean, the Dolphins <laughs> at least have a chance to win that game. They haven't had a chance in you know what to win any of their other games. I don't. You know what's, what astonishes me, and I say this all the time when you get a team like the Redskins. And we've said this for years and years and years, you know. Every year they're going to fire a coach or two, every year. And yet the real reason that everything is going so badly it will stay there. You know, sign a new contract. Okay, you know, here we go. Pay them more money. Get them more of this and that and the other. And, and you know, all these coaches are just going to suffer and all these quarterbacks and all these different guys are going to suffer through it. They cannot, you know, you can be a billionaire a hundred times over and you can't figure out the NFL, mm-hmm. you know. And, and until you get somebody in there to run it the way it needs to be run, it's going to be a mess. Coming up next, we went through the AFC and Floyd, I think the, both, the, the two of us after Tier 1 were not really impressed with the AFC, right? Well, Do, just go ahead, go ahead. overall, All right, like the, after Tier 1 – there's not a whole lot guaranteed there in terms of how good teams can be. The they're, depth of the conference is just very average. Well, see, now that's – I'm not sure. How do you define depth? I mean, to me, those year – the Tier 2 and Tier 3 teams, those teams are all going to be contenders for playoffs, which add add those up. How many, how many is that? That would be 10 teams. I don't know. Ten out of 14 teams. Well, I don't know if the Broncos are going to actually contend for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos, you could really drop down to the next tier, except we play I just don't think they're bad enough to be with those other teams, like (laughs) the Steelers, the Bengals, the Jets, and the Dolphins. But there's not a whole lot of strength in the AFC. Let me put it that way. There's not a whole lot of beef outside of the Patriots and Chiefs. Not, Not a lot of great, right? Not a lot of teams that can contend with the Patriots and Chiefs. 
right. when, oh, when I, the Patriots and Chiefs are at their at their best. Right. Does the lack of strength in the AFC give us hope for the Titans when there isn't a whole lot of hope right now? We'll get to that next. Tease the GM Floyd Reese. I'm Ryan Porth. You're listening to Jared and the GM, ESPN 102.5 The Game, streaming on the Game National app. Welcome back in, live from Brewhouse South in Cool Springs, next to the Galleria Mall. It is Jared and the GM, Ryan Porth in for Jared Stillman this afternoon, alongside the GM, Floyd Reese. And last segment, Floyd, we went through an exercise of going through all the NFL teams and tiering them in the AFC and the NFC. And I am, and I don't know about you, I am more impressed with the strength of the depth of the NFC than I am in the AFC. That there are, there is a a bigger collection of better teams in the NFC than there is in the AFC. That there's more firepower because on tier two in the NFC, where I have the Rams, Packers, Eagles, Cowboys, Niners, Bears, that tier two in my in my mind is better than the tier two in the AFC, in which I listed the Bills, the Colts, the Texans, and the Chargers. Oh, I think I'd agree. Like the depth in that fashion in the NFC is better than it is in the AFC. Uh, I, I guess that's I what I'm agree. getting, yeah. trying to get across. So when you look at the AFC and the fact that it's Patriots, Chiefs, and virtually everybody else at that point, does that give us hope for the Titans? Even though it's been a topsy-turvy first five weeks, there's still a lot for them to correct. And Lord knows, you know, after you've had to put up with me for the first two hours, that, you know, I'm I'm not – very positive about this Titans team right. after five games. Does the fact that the AFC is so wide open after the Patriots and Chiefs give us hope that they can still make the playoffs and that they can still make some sort of run here in the last few months? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you have to say yes simply from the standpoint that that I feel like we can contend with all those teams. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just named – we had two in the top tier – and we had four in the next tier, right? Right. Six teams. Yep. Well, there's another six teams that's going to come out of that third tier into the playoffs. Yeah. Six teams. Ravens, Titans, Jags, Raiders, Browns, maybe the Broncos. I doubt it. Yeah. I think How they're many? better than the record is. So that's what, five, six, seven teams. So you're saying, and we know a lot can happen, but you're saying the majority of those teams are going to make the playoffs. Well, you just want to be one of those. So, I mean, but but you know what? Every team, and I, I keep saying this to Jared, every Floyd and Jared in all of those other teams are saying exactly what we're saying right now, which is, hey, you know what? It's it's We don't like anything about what's happened, you know, to us so far. But you're not, it's not like you're looking at it and you're saying, we're done. We're out of it. Mm-hmm. We're not because you can just look at all those other teams. You can say, "Hey, we, you know, we've got a chance against those." And I'm not saying we can. We're going to beat all those teams, and I'm not saying we're going to lose to all those teams. I'm mm-hmm. saying we got a chance against all those teams. Well, and kind of going back to what we were saying earlier, with the whole fact that the expectations have changed with this Titans team compared to where they were four or five years ago when they were winning two or three games a year. Look, you, you mentioned the fact that in other NFL cities, the Jareds and Floyds are having the same exact conversations. Right. 
the people in Cleveland right now are probably having different discussions than they had two or three years oh, ago wow. because now expectations have completely changed with Baker, with Odell, with that cast of characters, and they have been just as topsy-turvy as most of the other NFL teams. And and they, I mean, they, if you, if you were to list disappointing teams, truly disappointing teams, they may be at the top of the list yeah. compared to where it before the season. I mean, before the season, oh, yeah, they're going to be a contender. I think they can make it to the Super Bowl. You were hearing people say stuff like that. And then you watch them this week, and the quarterback goes out, completes eight passes for 100 yards. I mean, that's not that's high school. You know, how are you going to win? Well, you, you don't know. But by the same token, could they catch fire? Could they? Sure. You know, is Odell Beckham a good Is You know, is is Chubb a good running back? I mean, we've seen him rush for a couple hundred yards now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're for real. Can Garrett sack the quarterback? Ooh, yes, he can. So, I mean, you know, you can, if you're among them, if you're a coach or GM among them, you're going the other way with it. You're saying, hey, you know, what do you, you don't think this guy's good? You don't think this guy's good? And you go around the room and you go, yeah, okay, well, then let's go do something. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I mean, as I said before, and and I hate to bring this up, knock on wood. As you knock on your forehead. Yeah. I mean, we've been pretty healthy so far. And I hate talking about stuff like that. But if that can continue, I mean, by the end of the season, that may be the determining factor on all this. Mm-hmm. You know? Who you say, well... Marcus isn't as good as Brissett, let's just say. I'm just throwing out a name. Or Lamar Jackson. Or Lamar Jackson, whoever you want to say, okay. But if they're hurt, he's going to be better than the next guy, I promise you. <laughs> There's probably some truth to that so, now. So there you you know, that's and we know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we're just hoping it doesn't happen to us. 615-737-1025 if you want to weigh in on this conversation. Let's go to John, who wants to weigh in on the best teams in the National Football League. John, welcome in to Jared and the GM. Hey, guys. You know, and I'm sorry, but i got to go totally homer on this because I'm, I'm kind of sitting here dying. Tell me why uh, my Niners are not a Tier 1 in the NFC because, as you said a little while ago, they've beaten everybody we've put in front of them. And... You know that the performance on Monday night. The, you know the, how great the uh, Browns are supposed to be, and, and and we stomped their guts out. And I'm just, and and I get it. I mean, tier one is, is a pretty big deal. But um, Ryan Floyd, tell me what it would be then for you guys to say the Niners are a tier one team. What is the the missing piece? And I know we talked. And I Floyd, I think you're spot on when you break it down about quarterbacks. A quarterback really is kind of a make and break for a lot of this tier one, tier two type of stuff. But but help me out here. Just give me give me something. Tell me how my Niners can be or are going to be a tier one team. Thanks, John, for the call. Yeah, right. thanks, John. Uh, for me, it boils down to basically this. And, and I have not studied them. I mean, there are parts of that team that are, I mean, I thought the defensive front, against Cleveland was outstanding. Shoot them up and spit them out. And you look at that defensive front and you think, you know what, Nobody, nobody maybe nobody can block these guys. I mean, they're that good. 
and you're saying, and and you look at the running game, and you say that running game looked as good as any running game in the NFL. You know, you're saying, well, geez, what is that? And and in my mind, I'm thinking, but we've we've talked about over the last couple of years the quarterback and the receivers and how, what have they done, and they're the reason that they've won. And I'm thinking back that game, and I'm thinking, well, that's not the reason they won this game. They won this game because they ran the ball. Mm-hmm. And they won this game because they played good defense. The quarterback didn't play as well as I'd hoped he would for me. Now, this is just me. Um, but I think he's, you know what, and, and I grew up a 49er fan and, and worked for the 49ers. So the 49ers always have a soft spot in my heart. But, but I think we see these teams that come out of the blue and end up winning five, you know they're 5 and 0 or 6 and 0 and then something goes wrong and all of a sudden they can't win and i'm just scared to death that the niners might be one of those teams here's where i would put them in tier 1 if they go into la this weekend and beat up the rams and they look comparable to what they did monday night football in la then i would i would inch them closer to tier 1 because I think you do have to look at the level of competition. The, the whole reason why I said, you know, they've only beaten the teams that, that have been on their schedule. The teams that have been there on their schedule, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Mm. There's not a whole lot of meat yeah. on that bone. And especially being that they've got to play Seattle twice and L.A. twice. And, right. You know, that's, that's going to get hard. But they have a lot of games coming up. Maybe not in the, in the near future because they do have games against the Redskins and the Cardinals. Uh, here in the next month, but the Rams this week, then later in the season, they play the Seahawks, they play the Packers, they play the Ravens, they play the Saints, they play the Rams, they play the Seahawks again. Mm, that's that, we're going to learn who the, the yeah. 49ers are <laughs> in that stretch. Yeah, if they can go undefeated in that stretch, they're, they're on their way to the Super Bowl. They are on Tier 1, <laughs> for yes, sure. Yes. Floyd, I feel really bad for our Atlanta sports fans. Uh, like, I feel really bad. As someone who, as a as a sports fan, has, that has lived through misery when it comes to the playoffs, I feel for Atlanta sports fans. You know why? why because the St. Louis Cardinals are up 10 nothing in the first inning. <laughs> in the first? In the first inning. No, it's not. The it, has, it has been so ugly. Oh, my. It's been rough. There are two outs in the top of the first inning. The St. Louis Cardinals have 10 runs. Oh, my God. And and you know what? They have not won. I wasn't going to mention this to Jared. They haven't won one of these series since 2001. Yeah. And it's he's, been a long time. Yeah, he's talking. I think, I think maybe the secret for the Titans is to have Jared Rude for anybody other than the Titans. Well, <laughs> and, and for me. me to pick. The, and me. Yeah. And for As me a Reds fan. Against them every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, can you imagine if Jared was doing this show with you right now? Oh, he'd be, he'd be. I mean, he'd miserable. be useless the last couple of hours yeah, of the show. Exactly Ten right. nothing Cardinals after the first inning. Yeah. We welcome everybody back from listening on ESPN ninety four nine game two. Coming up next, Roman Yossi still does not have a contract extension. Are we concerned that those contract talks have reportedly hit a snag? We'll get to that coming up next. He's the GM Floyd Reese. I'm Ryan Porth. You're listening. 
to Jared and the GM, ESPN 1025, the game streaming on the Game National app. Inside the right circle, Nashville zone is Ryan Ellis. He gives to Yossi, who carries to center. Off the skate of Sissons, coming down the right wing. Yossi scores! Roman Yossi coming down the middle. And the Predators are up 1-0. Right half wall, Johansson. For Duchesne in the corner. Forsberg shoots, and they say no. And now Yossi with a try, he scores. <laughs> One way or the other, it was going in. The Predators take a 2-0 lead. I think we always put an emphasis on, on getting a lot, a lot of pucks in that. And I think um, the chemistry, especially the forward lines, I mean, they haven't been playing together for that long, but the chemistry's been been really good, and they keep finding each other. And, um, yeah, like, like I said before, our, our offense has definitely been pretty good the first three games. That was Roman Yossi last night after the Preds' big 5-2 win over the San Jose Sharks. Roman Yossi scoring two goals, the first two goals of the game last night. The first one, an absolute beauty. The second one was bound to happen after the Preds were throwing everything at Martin Jones, including the kitchen sink. And he made an inside move and was an inch away from a hat trick. Yeah. Yeah, Roman Yossi was all over the place last night for the Nashville Predators. Big win last night. They are back at it tomorrow, Thursday night, against the Washington Capitals. Pre-game at 6, puck drop at 7 right here on ESPN 1025, the game. And Roman Yossi, I think a lot of us expected there to be something with his contract before now. Before Game 3 or Game 4 of the regular season, I expected it to just get done. And it, it hasn't yet. Obviously, they're still going through... A, uh, a contract negotiation, and Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet yesterday in his 31 Thoughts column said, quote, one negotiation that has hit a snag is Nashville's Roman Yossi. There is momentum in the summer that has stopped. Unless you're actually in the room, you're never sure if it's something serious or two sides grinding away. But there is there is surprised it isn't done yet. That is Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet in his 31 Thoughts column that he puts that out there every week. And I'm curious to see where this one's going to go, Floyd. Because Roman Yossi obviously has a really good case for being paid a lot of money. Oh, without a doubt. He's making $4 million now, which has been a discount for a long, long, long time. I'd say the last five, six years of his seven-year contract, it has been under market value for Roman Yossi. So now, this is his opportunity to get paid with a capital P. And I don't know how far they're off. I don't know if it's money. I don't know if it's simply a no-trade clause because we've seen GM David Poyle be hesitant to give out no-trade clauses in the past. I don't know if Elliot Freeman is going to come out and say the negotiation has hit a snag if it's just a no-trade clause. I would assume they are a part on the dollars and cents of that contract. Are you concerned at all, Floyd, that we're here in, in early October and there's no movement yet? No, it, it, I, I won't say no progress because, Elliot, as Elliot Friedman says here, there was momentum in the summer, but the fact that it doesn't, it doesn't feel like something is imminent on this front. Yeah, I, I guess I, when you, when you, kind of label it that way it, it it does concern me a little bit only because you would like to think they would be closing in on it i mean and i'm i'm using football as as my 
blueprint here, and it may not have anything to do with hockey, but, you know, with the season as long as it is, when you start off, you know, the 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 team has the leverage because, let's face it, a player doesn't want to risk injury, you know, during a whole season. Well, as that season continues, it gets a little bit easier for him, you know, and then he gets uh, – and all of a sudden, you get to a point where he says to himself, okay, I'm, I'm good. I've played well enough and long enough this season that even, God forbid, if something were to happen, you know, I were to break a finger or whatever would, would really affect you and not play anymore, I'm still good. Well, at that point in time, he's on the free market. He's on the open market. Once he gets on the open market, there is no telling. I mean, you lose however, whatever you use to keep him corralled is now gone. And he's out there. And the scary part about all these is, you know, you, you're saying to yourself, he's worth, I don't know what the number is. I'll, I'll say nine million, but I have no idea what the number is. I think is. nine is the starting point okay. for, for Roman Yossi's contract. I would. I would say now I've been predicting eight years, seventy-two million, nine million per. Yeah, I might have to go up on that, on that prediction. Especially if he has another couple of games like yeah. he has. <laughs> but uh, so you say, okay, say it's nine million. You're saying, okay, that's my number, or that's his number. Well, as he goes along, there's going to be a team out there. I mean, a lot of people will tell you he's the best player on the team, right? He, I mean, he's among the. Two, three, four best yeah, players on the so team. He's, he's, and he's the captain. And he's the captain. He's that, I mean, he's got some leverage. He's got some clout. And and you just don't want to get to a point where you lose all the leverage in that discussion. And he gets out there because there are a lot of teams. The way we look at him, everybody in the league looks at him equally, you know. And there's going to be a team out there that will say, you know what we need? We need a really good defenseman that's going to be really good in the locker room, that can score some goals, that is a great guy, that is no problem. And whatever it costs, that's what we need. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to be at nine. Somebody's going to pop in and say, yeah, I'll give you 12. And boom, he's gone. Right. You know, now where are you? And and GM David Poyle would love for that to never even never become get a there. thing. Never, never get there. Get there. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you think back two or three years ago, Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning went into the offseason as a free agent. Everyone thought he was gone. Everyone thought he was going to Toronto, that he was going somewhere else where he was basically going to go somewhere with an empty check and say, you know, the highest bidder, I'm going there. Right. But on the morning of free agency, on the morning of July 1, Steven Stamkos decided to re-sign with Tampa Bay. There's no reason why the same thing couldn't happen with Roman Yossi. Sure. But the fact that David Poyle has been burned by this before with Ryan Suter back in 2012 makes me think that he's going to do everything in his power to not let it get there. Well, I think that's part of it. The other part is he has been playing for below-market a below market contract for several years. Yeah. And I'm sure he's saying not once did I ever complain about that. 
Not once did I gripe. Not once did I hold out. Not once did I do any of that stuff. And we all know for all this time I've been playing below market. I need to be paid. Mm-hmm. I need to be paid for, you know, what I'm doing now and a little bit for what I helped you guys out with. And I'm not saying he's saying any of this, but I'm saying there would be an awful lot of players that would. And they would say, if you're not willing to do that, then I'm going to have to, you know, go into free agency and, and move on. Plus, he may not take as big of a hometown discount as we all hope he would because I, of what you just said. He, yeah, he's, he's already He's done been it. playing for a hometown and discount he's saying, for a long and time. David approaches him about a hometown discount. He goes, David, I just gave you five years. Yeah. Uh, what? How much do I have to give? You know, he could have be. You know, we're talking about nine million. Say if he'd had just an additional two years at nine million, well, that's ten million dollars in your pocket. Yeah, and I don't care who you are. You know, you you can't pass up ten million dollars now. <laughs> Coming up next, six one five seven three seven one zero two five six one five seven three seven one zero two five. Preds fans out there, do you have any concern that this is still on the table, that a negotiation is still going on, and that, according to Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet, it is apparently hit a snag? Any concern out there? Let us know. 615-737-1025. And Floyd F., coming up next, I will tell you why I think Roman Yossi has most, if not all, the leverage in this situation. That's coming up next. He's the GM, Floyd Reese. I'm Ryan Porth. You're listening to Jared and the GM live from Brewhouse South in Cool Springs on ESPN 1025. The game streaming on the Game National app. I've never thought that Roman Yossi would be worth less than $9 million. But, of course, we know the Predators are a cap team now. And with that comes tough decisions. They're going to have to clear room before the start of next season, uh, which means probably parting with a player, which means almost definitely parting with a player uh, of some renown on this team. But... Personally, I, I don't think there's reason to be concerned just yet. It's still early October, but if this thing bleeds to midseason, then I think you can probably start getting a bit in. That was Adam Vingen of The Athletic earlier today with Morning Drive talking about the Roman Yossi contract situation, saying no reason for concern yet, but if this continues to linger into December, into January, then maybe there should be some concern on this front and then that starts you know that was kind of my point which was the longer you get into the season the the more proven he's going to be and and even god forbid if something does happen he's going to have enough of a resume that it's not going to affect him so well and you know he might be in the norris trophy conversation who knows at that point in the season too you know and that's I mean, that, from, from from David's standpoint, every time something like that happens, I mean, there's oh, there's another million and a half. Oh, what, there's a more. <laughs> what, what was the game in uh, Price is Right, the Yodler, which uh, it just oh, kept going up going the mountain. Up the mountain? It, yeah. There was no coming down the mountain. That's right. But that's kind of Yossi's uh, price tag right now. Yeah. Just each passing week, each passing day, it just keeps going up. And, you know, many days like yesterday, and it's going to go, yeah, be off the Went top. Up. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, so here's where I think Roman Yossi has virtually all of the leverage in this, in this negotiation with GM David Poyle and the Nashville Predators, okay? You're one of the best offensive defensemen in the league. All the analytics, all the underlying numbers 
would suggest he is a top two, three, four puck-moving defenseman in the league going from defensive zone to offensive zone. That, in today's game, is invaluable. Again, proven last night. Exactly. You're the captain of this team. I don't know if I would call him the face of the franchise. I think there are multiple faces of this franchise. I think Pecorine, as long as he's the starting goaltender of this team, he's the face of this franchise. But Roman Yossi could make a case for being the co-face of this franchise. Kind of like Steven Eddy back in the day. Right. Not the same, but you get the gist. If you're Roman Yossi, you know if you hit the open market next July 1, you can make well over $10 million. You, If you put up a monster season and hit free agency, you might become the highest-paid defenseman in the league. Oof. Just knowing the way these kind of contracts work in, in sports, once one player is paid the highest at his position, then it's only a matter of time before there's another player that gets paid more than that. And what is that number? Just I think roughly, Eric Carlson roughly. got 11 Ooh. from San Jose. I'll look that up real quick. I think that was 11 that he got can this the Preds, past offseason. Can the Preds even, if they wanted to, pay him $11 million a year? If they wanted to, sure. But I they mean, may not be cap- able to pay Craig Smith and Mikhail Granlund after oh. this season <laughs> if they pay okay. Roman Yossi $11 million. Okay. <laughs> Eric Carlson was 11.5. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I don't think Yossi <laughs> is going to get there, but you're seeing the point here of the leverage in Yossi's uh, in, in his favor. Now, here's the other thing, too. He knows that David Poyle just traded P.K. Subban. They traded P.K. Subban because at some point you couldn't pay all these defensemen all that money. Well, Roman Yossi also knows that David Poyle can ill afford to lose both P.K. Subban and Roman Yossi in the span of 12 months and go from a core four to Ryan Ellis and Matias Eckholm. So I really think Roman Yossi's camp has most of the leverage. Now, the Preds have leverage in the fact that there's no state income tax. That helps them. They know Roman Yossi loves it here. They know Roman Yossi wants to be here. They have leverage there. But when push comes to shove, I think Roman Yossi has the majority of the leverage in this negotiation. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I'm not sure how close it is, yeah. to be honest. And I think it's just a matter of how he and his agents approach it. And and if they, you know, like after last night, I, I mean, if he's approaching it from the standpoint that I've given you a break, I need to earn my money. That's not good. That's mm-hmm. not, I'm not good for David. You know, if he's, if he is understanding and emphasizing the fact that just what you said, hey, you just got rid of PK, you can't get rid of me, you can't lose me, uh, then, and, and not saying it, but knowing it, then again, that's not good for them. I mean, all, all of those things you just talked about don't help David one bit. I went through this with Eddie George, and Eddie came, I just said, you know, be gentle. That's all I could do. And that's kind of sounds like kind of where he is. Because you can't pay him. You can't pay him $12 million a year, and you can't lose him. Mm-hmm. Where are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So You're going to do one or the other. So Roman Yossi's agent, Judd Moldover, is based in Los Angeles. Is he a big-time hockey agent? Um, 
honestly, those guys change all the time. He's not like a Don Meehan or uh, I wouldn't say he's the cream of the crop, but he's he's probably up there amongst the top 8 to 10 to 12 agents in the league. Okay. He's based in Los Angeles. Do you know where the Preds go this weekend? Los Angeles. L.A. They play at the Kings Saturday. So maybe if GM David Poyle is on this trip with the team, maybe he meets with the agents and maybe they can make some more progress and the whole report from Elliot Friedman in in his column yesterday of the negotiations hitting a snag, maybe they make some progress. And and you worry about because now again this is just me, but if I if I'm if I should be paid twelve million a year, and I want to I really want to be in Nashville, and I understand the situation, and I've got, I mean I think you would be willing to say okay I'll play for eleven eleven and a half mm-hmm. whatever the number is, but. I have to have a no trade clause because I am not taking a, a discount and letting you trade me away in two years to northeast nowhere simply because my salary's too high. Right. So it's your choice. Yeah. You know that that will be an interesting dynamic of that conversation between David Poyle and his agents. Let's go to Joel who has been waiting patiently, wants to weigh in on Roman Yossi. Joel, welcome in to Jared and the GM. Hey, thanks, guys. Um, I'd say most Pred fans probably feel like myself um, when it comes to Roman Yossi. Um, I thought of a movie reference from Rounders, the poker movie where Teddy KGB loses and says, pay the man his money, um, especially if we're talking the number I've heard is around nine or nine and a half. That's something I think David Boy and the Predators have to do this. If you get... You know, 10 or 11, um, you know, that that might get more difficult. And also, Ryan, do we know what the salary cap is going to be when they increase it uh, the next season? I appreciate you taking my call. I'll listen off air. Yeah, thanks, Joel, for the call. We do not know what the salary cap will be for the 2020-2021 season. Mm -hmm. It's been going up the last decade, but we don't know how far it would go up if it goes up next off season where are they from a tv contract standpoint any clue oh man just generally isn't it i think it's in the next three to five years it's still a little ways gonna be up yeah um i don't quote me on that floyd okay i still need to uh to dig that up i will um i look i i think it will get done i i'm pretty confident that it will get done that at some point David Poyle will cave a little bit. Roman Yossi's camp will cave a little bit. They'll meet in the middle somewhere, wherever that middle is, and get this thing done. I, I would be stunned if we're having a conversation of fe- in February of whether or not the Preds need to trade him before you risk losing him in free agency. I would be stunned if we're if we're getting to that point in February. Huh. That's interesting because I, I don't – and again, I, I'm sure I look at all of these things th- with uh, tainted eye, you know. But if if I was David, I mean, I, I would be concerned. I would be concerned now, to be honest. But certainly, if we got to February, I'd be very concerned. Mm-hmm. Especially if you know, if the if the stumbling block is, I'm saying, all I can afford is nine. 
and he's saying, I got to have 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that, that bridge is just too big to, you know, somebody has to cave. Right. And, and neither side's going to probably want to. Ian, and, but, and I think the sad, the hard part for David is, I'm just guessing the player doesn't have to cave. The player can get that money. Well, yeah. You know, all, yeah. all you got to do is you're going to be playing for another team, but if the money's the issue, you're going to get the money. But uh, I think Roman would cave a little if this is truly the place he wants to be long term. Which I think he would yeah. for no trade clause. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ian puts up on the screen that the TV deal is likely through 2021, Ooh. so sooner than I had expected. Yeah, which is not good. Now, and again, I'm I'm referring to the NFL because generally speaking, those TV contracts are stacked so that you know they're bidding off of the the most money at the end, which is no surprise to anybody. So, uh, you know, the the jump is historically not quite as big as as maybe it is in the front. Coming up next, Titans left tackle Taylor Lewan spoke today for the first time since his social media antics. You will hear what he had to say coming up next. He's the GM, Floyd Reese. I'm Ryan Porth. You're listening to Jared and the GM live from Brewhouse South in Cool Springs on ESPN 1025 The Game, streaming on the Game National app.